Podcast Rebellion. We are back at it again here in the Davis Ford State Farm Studio. I am your host, Zach Berry. Joining me, Benjamin Woodhouse. He will be with us here momentarily. But before I welcome him in to the studio, I'm going to remind you of the sponsors that make it possible. You need good neighbor service and surprisingly great insurance rates. Look no further than State Farm and Agent Davis McCord. He is your one-stop shop in Tennessee and Mississippi for the service you deserve at the price you want. So stop looking around. State Farm Agent Davis McCord is ready to help. Call him at 901-755-6110 for your surprisingly great rates today. Podcast also brought to you by Transamerica Insurance. It is changing the way that folks look at life insurance. They were rated the best term life insurance company in 2020 by Forbes and Transamerica offers you 10, 20 and 30 year term life insurance catered to your individual needs. Ask about their their living benefits option and get a free quote by calling your local agent Drew Moak at 601-953-8449. He's licensed in Mississippi, Tennessee and Texas among others and he is looking to get you started today. That's 601-953-8449. Ben, as I welcome you in, I uh, just realized that uh, with uh, Mr. Moak being licensed in Texas, he uh, he might begin to uh, add to his client base with the uh, SEC expansion. Man, you know, I, I know that it's like mixed um, opinion on whether or not the SEC should expand. I, I, I don't hate it. Um, I, I'm actually looking forward to, you know, the opportunity for Ole Miss to play Texas and Oklahoma and potentially others now that, you know, news is coming out that the SEC might even be pursuing some teams on the East Coast. Um, mm-hmm. Another thing about it, <laughs> and this is just looking at it from a fan perspective and from a a um, an Ole Miss record perspective, if adding those teams sends the SEC to a pod system or group system, however you want to term it, or it just increases the size of the division and kicks Alabama and Auburn to the east, that's nothing but good for Ole Miss, in my opinion. I mean, yes, Texas yeah. and Oklahoma are good programs. Oklahoma is a fantastic program, but they're not Alabama. And, no. and you know, while, you know, that is a national program that plays in the playoff nearly every year. Oklahoma is not recruiting the number one recruiting class every season. I think when we discussed it the other day, they're somewhere around 10 or 11 on average in recruiting, maybe a little better than that, eight, nine, but they're not mm-hmm. doing what Nick Saban is doing. And so, you know, that's, you're not playing Alabama every year. And in my book, that's a win. Yeah, I mean, I was going to say all the pod predictions or analysis that I've seen, I think all the pods have been favorable for Ole Miss. Um, most of the ones that I've seen, you have Mississippi State lumped in there, obviously. I've seen Arkansas, LSU, and, you know, that right there is not terrible. I mean, look, everything goes in cycles. Everything shifts, you know, with each passing year, each passing decade. I mean, People that, uh, you know, may- maybe are not as old as us don't remember. But, I mean, LSU was terrible in the 90s. And, you know, even Alabama had a little stint when they really struggled. Um, obviously, Alabama has benefited from having the best coach in college football history. And uh, they're a machine right now. But, um, you know, things 
things can, you know, the ebbs and flows of college football can, can drastically change. I mean, look, if you're in the same pot as LSU, we already did our SEC West preview. We were all pretty much on the same page with thinking that LSU could, you know, honestly roll out a seven and five an eight and four this year. And that's not really on par for LSU and, you know, Ed Ordron could be in some hot water. So as things develop with this whole expansion and then you look at what the product on the field looks like. I mean, I think that, you know, Ole Miss is in a good spot right now with Lane Kiffin. Um, they could win eight or nine games and then continue to build on that and continue to get better. And LSU could go seven and five, eight and four. And then things, you know, the, 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 the power struggle in that pod could shift. Um, so I don't think that anybody should really be spooked. And then you mentioned Oklahoma and Texas. They're, they're really good programs. Um, they have a ton of donor um, support. They have a ton of money at those universities. But right now, I mean, the only program that, out of those two that scares you is Oklahoma. And look, you mentioned they don't recruit at an extremely high level. They're sixth nationally right now in the rivals team rankings. Um, Texas is 16th. But, I mean, can you imagine the type of game that you would have with Oklahoma and Ole Miss right now with those two offenses, Spencer Rattler versus Matt Corral, you know, Lincoln Riley versus Lane Kiffin? I mean, it would be awesome. I mean, it'd be must-see TV. I mean, that would be a Saturday night primetime game that would draw a ton of viewers. It is only going to help Ole Miss and only going to help the SEC. You know, I agree. And, and um, um, really, it's one of those things where um, it, even if the power shift, let's just say LSU remains a better program than Ole Miss, okay? Let's just say that. Ole Miss still plays them well. I mean, a Mississippi State fan would be excited about that pod too, right? I mean, if you've got Arkansas, yeah. Ole Miss, and LSU in your pod, it's better than having Florida, Georgia, and Alabama. I mean, it's better than having Oklahoma and, you know, well, I mean, maybe the Oklahoma, Texas, Texas A&M, Missouri pod, you know, that's not overly scary. But, like, in, if, you're, if you say that there's a power team in each of the four pods, I would rather it be LSU than Alabama, Oklahoma, or Georgia. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, absolutely. Like you said, the the pod system, the pod predictions or whatever you want to call it, divisions, the ones that have been rolled out are favorable right now. And again, I don't think that Texas is super scary right now. Um, we've talked about it, you know, off off the show. But if you look at the history, I mean, Texas hasn't won 10 or more games Um, they've only done it twice since 2009, 2009, they did it with Mac Brown. And then 2018, they did it with a bowl win with Tom Herman. Other than that, I mean, outside of Vince Young and and going to the Rose bowl and winning that, you know, greatest game of all time that some people say against Southern Cal, the Longhorns aren't, you know, shattering records and winning, you know, 10, 11, 12 games left and right. Um, so, I mean, yeah, like it's a big name program. It's a household name. It's a national brand, but if you're Ole Miss, I don't think you should be spooked by that. I don't think you should be scared. Ole Miss is, is still on that upward trajectory right now of getting back to where they were in 2008 in 2014 and 2015. They're starting to get back to, to that, you know, upper echelon of the sec and, and with the, SEC West being as tough as it is, like you said, if you're avoiding 
having to play Alabama and Auburn every single year. I mean, that's essentially avoiding, you know, two losses every year because they're not guaranteed wins. They're not guaranteed losses, but it's a 50, 50 shot. And if you can get rid of those two and get back to a pod system where you're playing, you know, three other programs that you can really compete with and really try to get, you know, go four and oh in your pod before you do the cross pod games. I mean, that's huge. And, um, you know, I was listening to uh, the Andy Staples show um, the other night and, and he brought up a great point um, and kind of a great, you know, uh, comparison, you know, analogy, metaphor, but um, talking about Oklahoma and Texas and comparing those two and how everything has kind of shifted there. Because Oklahoma is, you know, been in the playoff several times. They're winning at an extremely high level. Um, it seems like they sign a five-star quarterback every single cycle. You know, kind of that that whole back and forth um, struggle with them. It's almost like the uh, they, he he said it was like akin to the younger brother um, coming home from college, and the older brother is, is still living at home, and he's you know 22, 23 years old, and that younger brother has come back from college and has a a job right out of school and is, you know, you know, kind of the, the, the new kid on the block, I guess you could say that's, you know, super successful, um, doing great. And then that, you know, older brother is still kind of just like sitting at home, twiddling his thumbs, trying to find his way career wise. So the shift in Oklahoma now being the big dog in Texas now playing catch up and, uh, the same thing with like Texas A&M you know, there was all this talk about Texas A&M hating this whole thing. And then Ross Bjork coming out saying, you know, we want to be the only school in Texas in the SEC and all that, and, you know, kind of put his foot in his mouth there. Border regions meet. And it was like, Hey, you know, just kidding. We're all good. Like dad, come on, come on over to the SEC. Um, you know, that's kind of the same comparison there with like A&M. I, I don't know why A&M would care that Texas comes to the SEC because A&M is a much better program right now. I mean, they just missed the playoff last year. Jimbo Fisher's got them winning at a high level. Um, you know, they can't beat Alabama yet, but you know, nobody can. Um, but they're in a much better spot right now than Texas. So I, I don't, I don't see why there would be any hesitation there. I, I get that the whole riff of I just you know, don't well, like we don't want to want competition. I mean, yeah, like yeah, if, I mean. If, if Ohio State wants to come into the SEC, I mean, whatever, like, come on then. It's not like we don't have to play yeah. Alabama every single year. So, like, I, I don't, I don't really, I don't really understand why anybody, especially a school the size of Texas, with the resources they have and the players that they have and the recruiting base that they have, and they're clearly getting better players because now they're coming in Mississippi and getting guys. Like, it, they should be able to, they should welcome the challenge rather than say, no, we want to be the only Texas brand in the SEC. You saw how quickly they crawfished on that. Oh, yeah. I mean, now, now they've kind of said, no, we're in support of it. Yeah, you have to be. Because, like, at the end of the day, yeah, is Texas technically, you know, I don't really like this term, but big brother in, in Texas? Probably. I mean, it, their endowment's over $30 billion. I mean, it's a huge, yeah. huge network of, like, of a university. I mean, it's a – it is a corporation, the University of Texas is. It it swallows the rest of the schools in the SEC as far as money goes. But that doesn't mean that they're going to be the better football team. That doesn't mean any of that. Like you said, 
A&M's had the leg up for the past several years. Now, they've not been playing, but A&M's had the resources and has been getting the SEC money and, and that sort of thing to really expand their footprint. And and, and they've made a renewed. Yeah, and, and I was going to say, I think we, we talked about it last week when we were previewing the SEC West, and we, we talked about this whole expansion thing before everything kind of jumped I mean, off. You could be, you could be, we could be TCU right now, or Baylor, or Oklahoma State. The Oklahoma State, so we've played them in 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 an Access Bowl in the last six years. Played them in two Cotton Bowls. Play, I mean, that's a that's a big name program. They're, they're going to have the number one uh, pick in the NBA draft this year, and here they are, just left out, you know, to pasture. I mean, while while their in-state rival is going to go to the SEC, and while Texas is, they don't know what the future of the Big 12 is. Is Oklahoma State going to the Big 10? Are they going to the Pac-12? I mean, that's going to change a lot. And so the po- point is, is Ole Miss, you know, the, the middling, what you would say, it, it, let's just say Ole Miss is in the middle tier of SEC schools. It's not Vandy or Kentucky in football, but it's not – Alabama or Georgia in football either, at least right now, on either side. Ole Miss has a lot to be thankful for to already be here, you know, and and so like in this expansion, I mean, let, let's just let's just put it how it is. If Ole Miss wasn't already in the SEC, the SEC isn't coming to Ole Miss and saying, "Hey, we're going to add you." No, they're looking for for TV markets and big footprints and big schools and that kind of deal, and so. We should, I, I mean, I'm good with it. Like I said, it, I think it only helps us. I really do. I think we match up with schools like Texas and Oklahoma better than we do with the schools that might, than like Alabama and Auburn that might get kicked to the East. Yeah, I mean, I again, we talked about it last week, and and like I said on that show, and, and I'll say it again here. I mean, I think it's great. I mean, I think it's only going to improve. The conference is standing as the best in the country. I think it's going to make for much better games on Saturday. I think that it's going to help Ole Miss in the long run with with money. And again, like I said, it's just going to be a better product on the field. You're going to have better games. And I think that that's what people want. People want these high leverage marquee games um, that – you know, we're, we're going to get now with Ole Miss playing Oklahoma and like the high octane offense against, you know, Lincoln Riley and then playing Texas for the first time since 2013. I mean, that, you know, I, I think you went to Austin for that, but I mean, that was a huge deal and it was a huge win. And like you said, playing a big time program like that is, is only going to make college football and the SEC better. So, um, we're both all for it. Um, I know that, you know, Nick's not here on the show today, but I think he's kind of starting to lean towards being for it. He was a little hesitant at first, but um, we'll talk more about this as, as these, these expansion talks and everything starts to continue to, to, you know, develop. I think it's moving at a rapid pace. So we'll probably get some finality sometime soon. We're going to take our break here, hear from the rest of the sponsors when we come back we will talk a little bit about uh 2023 uh, quarterback prospect that some of you may not have uh, heard of so hang tight we'll be right back
It's Zach again, Podcast Rebellion, to remind you of our lovely sponsors here at the show. If you like New Orleans-inspired cuisine, go see Kelly English and the good folks in Memphis at Second Line or Restaurant Iris for some fantastic food and cocktails. You can also travel down to the coast to Magnolia House in Biloxi at Harris Gulf Coast. Blackjack, craps, slots, southern cooking, cocktails, what's not to like? All three fantastic establishments, part of the Kelly English Restaurant Group. Good food, good people, good cocktails. It can't be beat. That's Second Line, Restaurant Hours in Memphis, and Magnolia House in Biloxi. Speaking of good food, if you're in Oxford, go see Greg and the good folks at LB's Meat Market, the inaugural sponsor of this year's podcast, on University Avenue, across from Kroger. Celebrate with the best protein for your almost grilling needs with Greg and the rest of the folks there. And be sure to tell them that Red Cup sent you for exclusive deals and promotions. Remember, the Philly combo is back for just $10 right now. And you've got your lunch specials 11 to 3.30, Monday through Friday. That's LB's Meat Market on University, across from Kroger. Arby's is full of shit. LB's has the meats. Speaking of Oxford... If you're looking to get some libations going, be sure to check out Wonderbird Spirits, North Mississippi's first distillery. It's a quick little eight-minute drive south of Oxford on Old Taylor Road, and it's the only spot in the Magnolia State for a true grain-to-glass gin experience. The space is fantastic. Chan and the rest of the guys there are doing some fantastic stuff. Uh, go there, get a tour, do a tasting, or you could do both. Inquire about maybe renting it out for a private event, maybe a anniversary, a wedding reception, a rehearsal dinner, something. The place is amazing. That's Wonderbird Spirits, North Mississippi's first distillery in Taylor, Mississippi. And be sure to follow them on Instagram for all their latest updates and uh, comings and goings there at Wonderbird. Speaking of libations, if you're in Memphis, and you're looking to stock the cooler this year, Old Dominic on South Front Street is your place to go. Just like Wonderbird, you can go there for a tasting, for a tour, or both. And be sure to check out the rooftop bar, which is super awesome, has some great views of downtown Memphis, of the Mississippi River. Uh, you can try their Healing Station High Rye Bourbon, the Memphis Toddy, the Memphis Vodka, or the new Honey Bell Vodka. You can get it all there or at your local package store. So celebrate with that Healing Station bourbon a very small batch high rye bourbon by the folks at Old Dominic. It's a bold classic whiskey with notes of stone fruit, dark cherry, and just the right amount of spice and heritage that dates back to 1866. You can enjoy it neat or even in your favorite cocktail like an old fashioned. It's got a mash bill of 52% corn, 44% rye, and 4% malt. Healing Station stands alone in its category of high rye bourbons. So you could do that or you can enjoy a quick taste of Memphis Toddy before the game this weekend, and then you can wind down with that healing station afterwards. So, like we always say, ask your pa- ask, ask your package store where you can find Healing Station by Old Dominic. And as always, OD encourages you to share a sip responsibly. And last but certainly not least, if you're in the market for a new vehicle, make it a Clark Ford vehicle. Corey Clark and the rest of the folks in Amory, Mississippi on Highway 25 are committed to finding you a new vehicle today. Be sure to browse their inventory online, request more information about the vehicles, set up a test drive, and inquire about financing all online. If you want to do it a little old school, maybe uh, conversate 
via telephone. You can give them a call at 662-257-1900 and get in a new Ford today. And we are back here on Podcast Rebellion. Zach Berry, Ben Woodhouse with you. Ben, we uh, haven't had a chance to discuss it really yet, not on the show at least, but uh, on Monday, um, Arch Manning, 2023 quarterback prospect from New Orleans, Louisiana, Isidore Newman High School, was in Oxford for his unofficial visit. He's been to Oxford obviously plenty of times, um, and, and plenty is – is putting it lightly, probably thousands of times at this at this stage. But um, finally got a chance to meet Lane Kiffin and Jeff Levy in person, came with his uh, father, Cooper, um, got to do the whole facility tour, got to meet the coaches, meet the staff, and just kind of take it all in. Um, where do you think things are right now? I know it's impossible to even give a prediction or to say that, you know, oh, well, this source told me this or this source told me that. They, they're keeping it very buttoned up. They're not talking to media very much. But um, in your opinion, on July 29th, 2021, where do you think things are with, with Arch Manning and all this? I think as good as Ole Miss could hope. Uh, I mean, I think he's going to do his due diligence and, and look at all sco- all opportunities and schools for him. I mean, at the end of the day, you got to remember this is a guy who's a who's a top recruit in his class and looking for the best fit for him in order to get to the NFL. And could Ole Miss provide that? Yeah, I think so. And I think that's why he visited Ole Miss. And I mean, along with the family stuff, but also think that like, you know, you can get to the NFL at a lot of schools. I mean, Tony Romo went to Eastern Illinois and, and, you know, Ben Roethlisberger went to Miami of Ohio. So, and that's not to, that's not to like, belittle or belabor the point the the point is is Ole Miss is in it and that's really all anybody knows and I I do think that it it help it can't hurt that the building the team practice in practices in has his name on it and it can't hurt that his granddad's numbers all over campus as the speed limit I mean that's just that's the reality but the also reality is is that other schools offer a lot too I'm interested in seeing where he goes. I mean, truly, I think that he'll, I think he will official to Ole Miss, you know, when that time comes. But I see him as somebody who does not string this out a long time. Um, I don't think that, I think Peyton did. I don't think Eli did. I think Eli committed pretty early and was just like, I'm going to Ole Miss and that's it. And, um, and so I don't think that he's going to string it out a long time because Peyton, if I remember, did it on signing day. And I was really young when that happened. But, um, that was part of, you know, I think had Peyton committed to Tennessee, let's say, you know, really early, and I could be wrong, but I think had he committed really early, that that would have been a little bit of a less of a blow than waiting until signing day and, you know, pulling like an A.J. Brown and saying, you know, I'm not going to stay, I'm going to Ole Miss. And then because that, you know, fans get fired up at that point. Um, but. You know, back to my original deal, I think Ole Miss is in it for sure. I mean, Ole Miss has great offense. Matt Corral is going to be the best quarterback in the conference this year. And, um, or, I mean, at, at worst, second. And um, got a good, you know, Jeff Levy's a good coordinator. And Lane Kiffin is coaching the NFL. I Me mean, coaching the NFL when he was 30. 
So, and, and coach Heisman Trophy candidates and at both Alabama and at uh, USC. So, it's a, there's a good opportunity here. And, of course, Arch is going to get a chance to play early at, at Ole Miss. And, and not saying that he wouldn't anywhere else, but you never know who's going to be on those other rosters. I think that's going to play a part into it. So I think you've got, you know, there's a lot more to look into it than, oh, well, I mean, his family loves Ole Miss and the entire football program is kind of built around them. That's partially true. But at the same time, like, Arch is going to do what's best for Arch. And, you know, if Ole Miss has the number one quarterback in the country commit, you know, and sign the year before Arch graduates high school, you know, that might that might impact it. Or if Clemson does, that might impact him there. Or Alabama, I mean Texas. Yeah, all these schools have other quarterbacks on their roster. If they've got the best, if they've got a Heisman Trophy candidate who's got three or four more years of eligibility, it'd be kind of crazy to go play behind him. So, so you know, I think there a lot of this. You know, they got to look at all of that. One thing that's that's interesting to me that I haven't really considered until just now, and you mentioned quarterbacks on the roster. I've been saying for a while. I think his top four. And I don't think it's going to change. I think it's top four in no particular order is Alabama, Clemson, Ole Miss, and Texas. Um, he That's four schools right there. You, you're, you're given five official visits. And, I mean, hell, they, they're obviously financially stable enough to take on officials and do whatever they want. Maybe he throws a bone to Virginia because his mother went there. I don't think Virginia is a player in this. But if you look at who the top four programs that I just mentioned, they all have 2022 quarterbacks committed right now. Alabama has Ty Simpson. Um, Clemson has Kay Klubnick. And Texas has Malik Murphy. All very talented um, four- and five-star guys that are committed. Ole Miss doesn't have a 2022 quarterback committed right now. They're chasing Justin Martin, the Cal commit that's out of Inglewood, California. Um, I know that he's number one on their list. They would love to flip him. And they're not going to hesitate if he wants to come to Ole Miss. They're going to they're going to sign him. There there is no well. We're taking a year off. We're waiting on Arch. That's not how, that's not how recruiting works, and that's not how Lane Kiffin and Jeff Levy work. They're going to probably try to sign a quarterback every class. Signed uh, Luke Altmyer last year, the four star Lee Eleven guy. But that is something that I think could impact his recruitment. Is you know let's say Ole Miss either. Um, Let's say they don't get Justin Martin. Maybe they go to the transfer portal. Maybe they look for a developmental guy that they can sign. Um, but on the flip side, five-star guys don't worry about who's on the roster all too much because they're five stars and they have that mindset of it doesn't matter. I'll go and I'll play wherever I go. But um, I'll say this before we head to the the close of our show. One thing that really struck me that that I heard when there was some media availability. Um, to, to talk about Arch Manning was uh, Nick Suss was, was on the uh, Oxford Exxon podcast talking with Neil McCready over there about uh, when he was at the Manning Passing Academy. And one thing that, that Nick Suss said that, that caught my attention was that Cooper was very adamant about we're going to go through the process, we're going to talk to everybody. But he mentioned one thing that, that, that really kind of perked my ears up was Arch is a, just a quarterback nut. He's a quarterback nerd. Um, he's a football nerd. He loves to talk X's and O's. He loves to watch film. He loves to just really dive into the analytics, the X's and O's. Who does that remind you of, Ben? I mean, that right there to a T is Lane Kiffin and Jeff Levy. They're both 
and not to say that the other coordinators head coaches at the other schools aren't, but I mean, Kiffin and Levy are as, as offensive minded as it comes when you talk about a head coach and a coordinator. Um, and that, I mean, I think that that's probably something that they discussed when he was in town on Monday, they probably sat down and talked about the offense. How do, how are they going to use him in the offense? They're probably showed him a ton of film of Matt Corral. Hey, see what he did here. Like we, this is exactly what you do in high school. You can come here and do that. So I think that that's going to be as big of a pitch as anything for Ole Miss is, you know, Hey, you can come here and you can play for probably the most brilliant offensive mind in college football and probably the hottest coordinator name in college football. They're here. They're going to be coaching you. They're going to be getting you ready for the NFL. And, and look, man, I mean, I, I think that Matt Corral, if, if all goes well in 2021 is probably looking at getting taken in the first round of the NFL draft next year. Yeah, I agree. I agree. Uh, on all points. And, um, I think that the personalities match, um, and, you know, and I think that Corral having a good year is, um, is a very, very key point because next year, like if he goes in the first round this year, the next year Ole Miss, I mean, who's the quarterback? Is it going to be Luke Altmyer? Are they going to get a transfer? You know, and then, and then really, because like, this year's the year you're going to show, hey, this is what we can do with the quarterback. We already made him, you know, one, the best or all-purpose player in college football last year, one of them, total yardage player. And so, you know, this year, we, and we just built on that within the next year, you know, we got his interceptions down. He didn't have it. Not saying that they were bad last year. I'm just saying he didn't have any bad games. Like he protected the football better. And th- then he went in the first round. We took a guy who was sitting the bench behind an option quarterback a running quarterback and turned him into a first rounder in two years. Yeah. And, 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 and that's your selling point. Yeah. I mean, absolutely. I mean, you can point to what he did last year, like you said, led the country in yards per game, uh, total offense in year one in a abbreviated all sec schedule and Matt Corral still in spite of all the interceptions, he still did it. And so you can point to that and just how instantaneous the success was. And then now you can, you know, if we peak in the future, December, January, you know, December 2021, January 2022, when I think that Arch Manning is going to start getting to making his decision probably sometime early next next year, maybe in the spring. If Matt Corral does what we all expect him to do, you can point to that. You saw what he did in year one in our offense. Look at what he did in year two. He was the best quarterback in the SEC. He threw for 3,500 yards, 38 touchdowns, whatever. That right there is the selling point because Arch Manning is, you know, he's not a robot. He's a human, but he's a football player. And he's wanting to see what you're able to produce on the field. And I think that that just gives Ole Miss such a leg up that they can show like, hey, not only is this place emotionally tied to you and your entire family, but we're pretty damn good at football too. So, um it's going to be a fun recruitment to follow. I know people are just absolutely stressed to the max about it, obviously for, for, you know, obvious reasons, but I mean, I, I still think it's going to be one of the more fascinating recruiting uh, stories and recruitments to follow, but that's going to do it for this uh, quick edition of podcast rebellion where uh, if there's any audio uh, issues here, we are working on a, a different system because uh Ben is out and about today, uh, so he was kind enough to make it work. But uh, thank you for uh, 
for tuning in. Thank you to the sponsors for making the show possible. Uh, we will be back next week, somewhat of a normal schedule, hopefully, as we uh, turn the calendar to August and uh, fall camp will be getting started and we can uh, continue to count down the days until the opener against Louisville in the Mercedes-Benz Stadium in Atlanta. So for Ben, I'm Zach. This has been Podcast Rebellion. Thank you all for listening. We out.